Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You could win big with NBC Sports Chicago and Coors Light. Just enter the scratch and score sweepstakes for your chance to win two sweet tickets to a hockey game this season and more. Enter at NBCSportsChicago.com slash sweepstakes. Welcome to the Blackhawks Talk Podcast with Charlie Romaliotis. I am Pat Boyle, and it's finally done. We the, promised the emergency podcast. Yeah, Here it is. Yes, <laughs> and, and it's been rumored for days. Patrick Kane going to the New York Rangers, and indeed it came to fruition on a Tuesday. Uh, let's tell you about the trade, as if you don't already know. So Patrick's on his way uh, to the New York Rangers. The Blackhawks receive a conditional second-round pick in this upcoming draft. That can become a first-round pick in 2024 or 2025 if the Rangers reach the Eastern Conference Finals. So that's top ten protected. Correct? Yeah, the 2024. The 2024 is top ten protected, and if it is, if it is a lottery pick, then it goes to 2025. Okay, and the Hawks also get a fourth-round pick in this year's draft and two minor league defensemen to make Kane fit under the Rangers. Salary cap, the Blackhawks retain 50% of Kane's salary. Arizona Coyotes retain 25% of Kane's salary. So what was, you know, finally, as we get to this, I mean, what was your reaction once it was finally official? Yeah, I think it was just bittersweet. I think there were a lot of emotions that culminated throughout this whole process, but then once it actually happens and you see the New York Rangers tweet out the video or a photo of Patrick Kane in a Rangers uniform, then it starts to hit you like, man, this is going to be really weird. And I think selfishly speaking too, Patrick Kane has 16 years of great memories, right? But it still doesn't feel like enough, right? Like we selfishly wanted more here in Chicago and for him to finish, or I guess from start to finish, be a Chicago Blackhawk his entire career. So just the fact that it's now official, it like really feels real. I think too, it's it's how engaged you are with the team. Like for those that listen to this podcast, and we thank you for for being loyal. Um, you know, you're in the trenches, and we're we've been talking about this, you know, kind of for like a year, <laughs> yeah. and um, and so. I don't think it sneaks up on somebody who's you know locked in on the rebuild who you know, had some issues, you know, starting with Hagel being moved and then, you know, had to get over things when Debrinket, like it got real. And so, you know, hearing rumors that Patrick Kane may want to, to go somewhere else didn't sound completely off base because you saw how things were going and you saw the, the way the, the, the team is, is moving assets constantly and, and bringing in, uh, draft equity. So, but I think the, the the fan that the casual fan or the non hog or the fan that was just there during the cup run <laughs> and is kind of taking a breather here uh, during the uh, the Stanley Cup playoff hiatus that the Hawks are currently on. 
uh, I think that person is like, what? Yep. Patrick Kane? Like, they just kind of assumed he'd always be there. <laughs> and then they see the return, the second-round conditional pick, and they're like, really? And, you know, if you're part of this podcast or locked in on this team, you realize that Patrick held all the cards, that there was really only one team in play, and Kyle Davidson from a negotiating standpoint, was in a really, really tough spot. Yeah, and I'm not sure I get the the hate for the return based off of what we know about Kane holding all the cards, knowing that the Rangers were the only team that the Blackhawks uh, were going to negotiate with, and the Rangers knew it too, so they weren't going to give up a big package. But also the fact that, and we said this on the last podcast too, that the fact that two weeks ago, Prior to the Vladimir Tarasenko trade, the New York Rangers, I, they probably had a pretty good idea that Kane was interested in them at that time, right? I don't think to the degree that, that he, he was interested in them, but yes, they, I'm sure they did. Through back channels, I'm yes. pretty sure through yes. Brisson's camp, or uh, Pat Brisson kind of relayed the message that Kane was going to be interested in the New York Rangers, and the New York Rangers seemingly were like, no, we're going to go to Vladimir Tarasenko because we have concerns about his nagging hip injury, right? So I think if... And maybe the New York Rangers, it's easier for them to do this deal because they already made their big splash. So this was a less risky move for them. And also the the second round pick they gave is conditional. So it's like, ah, right, yeah, we'll give up that first rounder if we go to the Stanley Cup final or uh, the Eastern Conference final. And so I, I think maybe maybe that's what played a part in, in the Rangers also doing this. But if, if Patrick Kane didn't go on that heater, I feel like the Rangers would have made this deal sooner. Uh, or at least they would have explored that as their primary uh, splash. So, yeah, I just think it, it it was a really tough spot for Kyle Davidson. Are you surprised at some of the fan reaction as to, I mean, it, feel, it felt like there were some fans that were really mad at Kyle for getting rid of Kane for almost or a very underwhelming return, but I don't understand what he was supposed to do. Like he was supposed to hang on to him and just get nothing for him if he want. I, I don't, I well, don't understand. Ultimately, Patrick wanted to go, right? That's so exactly when We it. talked about this quite a bit that, you know, from the Blackhawks standpoint and the Wirtz standpoint, they were never going to be the one to initiate the move. They weren't going to say, hey, these are the three trades that we would really like to make for you, or these are the three teams, are you in? No, 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 they were waiting for him. And again, they gave him a lot of leeway here, and maybe you could argue too much, and and and, and that's probably why the negotiating position that that Kyle was in was was less advantageous because they they the ball was in his court um so to be upset like you know should have just held on to him I mean I still think you're getting a pick that could end up being a first round pick and you know Patrick's ultimately this was a hard decision but he wants to take another bite at the apple Right, pun intended. And if and if Patrick Kane goes up to Kyle Davidson and says, "I want to, I want to be moved to the New York Rangers," if you're Kyle, what are you saying? Uh, sorry, we're only going to do it if we get a max return for you. I mean, that's right. that's not how you treat and, a, and, you know. And I think you made the point. And again, we've done so many of these. I, <laughs> I don't even, I can't remember. I mean, it was in the last couple of days. Uh, yeah, it was yesterday uh, <laughs> when we did two two podcasts. Only one made it. <laughs> um, it it's it's when you said. The Rangers made their decision uh, to not get Kane a few weeks ago, and the door was closed. Uh, you know, Patrick pushed it open. By his play, too. By his play. Mm -hmm. that, that, that changed. And then when they realized they were the only 
the only horse in the race and knew that they weren't competing against anybody because that that offer, that package could have easily been beat by somebody else. Mm -hmm. But when they knew they were the only, you know, uh, horse in the race, that they were working from a really great negotiating standpoint. We hear Dolan got involved as well. Um, and the other thing that you know that they didn't think that they were going to get Tarasenko and Kane is I was reading today, throughout the year, they did nothing salary-wise to allow this. They could have sent guys down and been uh, more proactive with their salary cap situation to accrue more cap space so that they weren't in this you know, 12th hour, last minute, you know, up and, and a deal that could have been done probably last Friday mm -hmm. only got done today because of the time that needed to accrue for a uh, cap space. They did none of that during the season, which lends you to believe that they didn't have plans on getting two, two guys of Tarasenko and Kane's caliber. Right. And they didn't start putting the wheels in motion until the weekend. Yes. Right. So, yes. I mean, even if you, even if you got word like, in that seven to ten day window, and when then how Kane about the craziness <laughs> that has unfolded since we kind of knew this marriage was going to happen? <laughs> I mean, the, the Miller suspension, the Ryan Lindgren injury. I mean, like <laughs> Mika Zibanejad blocked a shot in the on Sun in Sunday's game. He literally left the ice in the second period without putting any weight on his on his foot, and he ended up returning in the third. But it was just like, oh my god! I mean. Zibanejad could be placed on LTIR if he has a broken foot from a, and so it was just all these scenarios that played a role and it feels like it feels like we had to put an asterisk on like okay here's option one here's option two here's option three I mean Puckpedia did a really good job of laying it out and every day it feels like they had five options on how the Rangers could squeeze Patrick Kane under the books it was remarkable so Patrick put out two statements on Tuesday and uh, you've got the one that came from his personal Twitter account yeah so uh so Patrick Kane this is what he said on his pers personal Twitter account he said Chicago is how we started it uh there are simply no words to express my family's love and appreciation for the Blackhawks organization my teammates the city and the greatest fans in the world welcoming me here since being drafted in 2007 thank you for giving me a chance and supporting me like your own through 1297 games played in the most iconic sweater including three stanley cups and thousands of memories to last a lifetime so in his original statement that he sent through the blackhawks like he said it was an emotional time for him so i can't even imagine what just processing all this but also preparing a statement like that i'm sure he's like man i don't want to send this out as important as those four games were for you know the Rangers' perspective to be like, okay, hips okay, we're in, hips don't lie, <laughs> uh, and then you know other the rest of the NHL that kind of woke up too, um, and it got you know he talked about his confidence and all the things that came back. I also think it also probably brought back the memories of the good old days, the the the, the cup days, yeah, where. He had that entire United Center on its feet going crazy. And while those four games and those seven goals and those three assists and should have been an eighth goal, <laughs> uh, while while that was really an important part of this equation, I bet you it 
was really toying with him emotionally, like, okay, this is the way it used to be. I got my son and Amanda sitting over there. I'm doing a, you know, a victory lap as my, as my teammates empty out from the bench. I, 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 that must have been a bit of a, a tug of war in his mind. Like, uh, am I ready to leave this? Yeah. And even the, the Toronto game specifically, it was the second highest crowd of the season outside of the Marion Hosa night. And so, I mean, that was as packed as I've seen the United Center in a long time at warm Tough ticket to get. Tough ticket to get. And the fact that he scores a hat trick, has four points, is named the number one star, and it does that, you know, goes around, gets that salute. That was... That's how he remembers the United Center, right? Not the other, you know, the last few years. It was, where a, it was a perfect going away party perfect. if you're going to send one off. It was perfect. And they almost stopped it the night, you yeah. know, a couple nights later. But yeah, it was just, uh, yeah, I think that I, I'm glad he has that to at least that's his lasting memory. Yeah. You know, not a Wednesday on. night against right. Columbus and a nondescript loss or something like right. there, you know, the, yeah. So it, it was cool. Uh, coming up to, we've got, like a look back at his 16 seasons that have like a ton of highlights. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you're going to like love seeing that. And if you're just listening, you're going to hear plenty of great calls uh, over the last 16 years. Now, we had the opportunity to talk to Kyle Davidson literally moments after it was finally finalized, this uh, this trade. And we did it on the pregame show. You were on the pregame show along with Kaylee Chelios. Uh, Colby Cohen and myself and here's our conversation with Kyle Davidson take us through the final sequence of events of how Kane was eventually traded to the Rangers yeah it all culminated in uh, in San Jose a couple days ago when uh, Patrick let me know and, and uh, his player representative Pat Brisson let me know that he was he was interested in, in moving on to the New York Rangers and at that point we we kicked it into high gear and tried to find a deal, and, and luckily we were we were able to over a couple days find uh, find a resolution and, and, and make Patrick a Ranger. Kyle, can you peel back the curtain a little bit? And, and how challenging was it to work with both Pat Brisson and Patrick Kane's camp while still getting a great return for the Blackhawks? Just given the situation, what was it like behind the scenes from the start of conversations to now? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was difficult dealing with Pat or Patrick, but um, you know, it, given the situation, you know, I, I don't think the asset return was was ever going to realistically be what we wanted it to be. And um, you know, it was a tough. It was a tough situation from that standpoint. But you know, what the main goal here was was to put Patrick in a situation where he had a chance to uh, go to a team that he really wanted to play for and and get a chance at uh, taking a run to the Stanley Cup this year. And we were able to do that. So you know what we. We did right by a player that's done so much for us, and that's the main goal. Well, Kyle, I know that uh, Patrick held all the cards. He had the no-move clause, but I'm guessing a lot of teams in the league, especially after the last couple of weeks, were calling him. Did you talk to some other teams? Uh, was there other teams that potentially he would have been willing to, to look at, or was it all Rangers all the time? Um, well, there were definitely teams that were interested, and, and who wouldn't be? He's, you know, he's one of the most electrifying players we've seen in, in recent history in the NHL, and so there was interest. But the, the, it came down to, uh, you know, what Patrick wanted, and, and we wanted to make, uh, you know, Patrick's, you know, uh, request come true, and, and that was to go to the Rangers. And so, in, in reality, we had we had one team to deal with, and that's fine. Uh, because that's where he wanted to go, and, and we were able to make that happen. So, 
um, you know, this was about giving Patrick an opportunity that he wanted, and, and we were uh, we were lucky to be able to, to grant that. Hey, Kyle, well, was there ever a discussion about a contract extension with Patrick, or was, was this a situation where both sides are ready to move on, or maybe more so Patrick specifically? Um, you know what, we were just focused day by day and, and what he, what we wanted to do heading up to the deadline, and, and that was the main focus. And so we, uh, you know, we, we just talked mainly about, uh, you know, how he was feeling with us and then and then what his thoughts were for the rest of the year. And, and that's all we really focused on, and, and eventually that, that resulted in us finding him a spot in the Rangers. So it didn't go beyond that. Kyle, you've seen almost all of Kane's journey here in Chicago with the Blackhawks. What has he meant to this franchise? I, yeah, I don't think you can quantify that. I don't think that's something you can you can really put into words. The the memories, you know, the 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 moments they're they're gonna they're gonna live on in uh, in Blackhawks history forever. He's you know he's he's a Blackhawk great, one of the greatest ever to put on the Blackhawks sweater. Um, you know, the three Stanley Cups, a Conn Smythe, you know, Hart Trophy, all the the amazing moments he's given us. It's you can go on and on. And so uh, you know he's. He's given the franchise so much, and um, you know it's it was, it was it was a bittersweet day, but we're really happy to be able to to find him a spot in New York, and um, you know we'll always have those memories from Patrick and, and all those great moments in the past. Kyle, thanks for your time. Appreciate you joining us. I know you're uh, very very busy, and we'll talk to you on trade deadline day on Friday. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. So we appreciate Kyle giving us that access on uh, what, it, what it looked like a draining experience <laughs> for him. Uh, anything you took away from that conversation, especially when it kind of comes to the, uh, the the question of you know whether th there was ever going to be a an extension offered or the return that they got? Yeah, it sounded like they were just really focused on making a trade to the New York Rangers happen um, outside of anything. And then I liked what he said too about you know just wrestling with trying to maximize the return while also knowing that the Rangers were really the only team he was dealing with and just letting uh, the fit work for Patrick Kane. So I think he was very transparent in that regard, just saying, listen, we're going to do anything we could to get Patrick to New York. And I, I appreciated that. I don't think, you know, I, I don't, Kyle, I, I don't think Kyle could have done any, anything differently in this situation. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, you know, something that, you know, Hawks fans that are anti the trade or anti the return. I, I, Maybe you know, I'm not gonna tell you how to fan. You fan the way you want to fan, but I think you got to factor the emotion and the relationship part of this equation. You know, Patrick and the Wirtz family have been together for over 16 years. They have done a lot for him behind the scenes. He's done a lot for them uh, to the bottom line, to the success of this franchise, to the net worth to you know hockey and i mean you name it and behind the scenes he's done a lot of stuff as well and i think they just wanted to really do him a solid for everything he has done for them uh they weren't going to get stuck in some you know they didn't want the last memory to be some bitter dispute over uh, a pick or or a prospect or what have you they wanted to within reason, uh, be accommodating to a player that could go down as the greatest in franchise history. And that, again, when Rocky took over in 2007, 
We know where this franchise was. We know they weren't on television for home games. Uh, we know there was nobody there. There was zero infrastructure as far as a front office and, and it w- on and on and on and on. And while there's literally hundreds of people that, that can get a pat on the back for their involvement, Patrick Kane is, is a big part of that. And so I, I think there was probably some momentum from the ownership side, from the words is that like, look, from what he has done, let's make this happen and let's expedite it and let's make it happen rather quickly and let's not make it messy. And I think too, Kyle getting a conditional first round, like getting putting the condition the on The conditional it, pick is, I, I think... Uh, the Rangers didn't need to do that, no, technically. I, you, know, you know, they knew that we could, we're going to get this across the finish line, but Kyle's like, listen, you got to work with me here because this is a franchise icon, but he also is on a total heater right now. So if this is the cane that you think you're getting, we believe that he's worth a first round pick if he if he's part of the equation of getting to the Eastern Conference final for for New York, which, by the way, is I don't want to say it's an easy path, but it's a less difficult path than the other side. Where Toronto or, or Tampa, Toronto, Tampa, and then Boston. Right. Yeah. So the, they would have to go through an inexperienced New Jersey Devils team in the first round. And then the Carolina Hurricanes would be on the other side. And Carolina is still kind of struggling to break through. So it, it, it's not like it would be infeasible for for New York to, to get to the conference final. So it, it could essentially turn out to be a first-round pick, and then we're not really talking about how underwhelming a return it is. All right. I mean, we're going to sit here and talk about our favorite moments coming up in just a second. Sit back, relax, and listen to Patrick Kane's journey, 16 seasons here in Chicago. Check it out. This historic pick, first time ever the Chicago Blackhawks have had the first pick. And we proudly select from the London Knights, the Ontario Hockey League, Patrick Kane. Just an honor to be a part of uh, coming to a great hockey town. And I'm very happy to be a Chicago Blackhawk and uh, looking forward to our cup runs in the future. And with that, a new era of Blackhawks hockey began. To Leopold of the Hawk line, stripped with a puck by Patrick Sharp. He and Patrick Kane have a two-on-one break. Kane in over the line, moves it, she scores! His first goal in the National Hockey League! Patrick Kane set up by Patrick Sharp, and the Hawks lead 3-0. Standing ovation here at the United Center for Patrick Kane. Kane would score 21 goals and hand out 51 assists in his first season in the league, winning the Calder Trophy as the league's top rookie. The following campaign, Kane's 70-point effort helped lead the Blackhawks to their first playoff appearance since 2002. Number 88 tallied nine goals in 16 games during his initial playoff run as the Hawks made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals. Then in the 2009-2010 campaign, Kane scored 30 goals in the regular season, plus 10 more in the postseason, including the one that ended a 49-year championship drought. Here's Kane now, juking his way to the right lower left corner. Should he score? The Hawks win the Stanley Cup! Blackhawk fans around the world, you've endured 49 years of frustration, but your patience has finally paid off. Lord Stanley's new address is sweet home Chicago. Following two straight first-round playoff exits, the Hawks had something to prove in the 2013 lockout shortened season. Kane finished with 55 points in 47 regular season games. But his signature moment came in overtime of Game 5 of the Western Conference Finals against the L.A. Kings. Here's Kane's at Kane. Two on one. Hustling back. His point number. Shot. Score! Patrick 
Kane and the Hawks would go on to beat Boston in six games to claim their second Stanley Cup. What's up, Chicago? That's hockey, baby! In late February of 2015, Kane suffered a broken collarbone, ending his regular season. But 88 was back on the ice for game one of the playoffs less than two months later. In 23 postseason games, Kane put up 23 points as the Blackhawks lifted Lord Stanley's Cup for the third time in six seasons. As great as Kane was over his first eight seasons in the league, he took his game to another level in the 2015-16 campaign, thanks in part to a 26-game point streak. Patrick would finish the season with a career-high 46 goals plus 60 assists and become just the fifth Blackhawk to win the Hart Trophy as the league's most valuable player. That's quite an honor for sure, given the, the amount of talent that's in this league and the amount of great, great players we have, but I don't know if it's really sunk in yet. It's been, uh, um, you know, a fun couple days overall. Um, kind of nerve-wracking a little bit leading up to, to the event, but um, just uh, just a fun night. During the ensuing years, Kane continued to make his mark on the NHL record book. In January of 2020, he became the youngest U.S.-born player to reach 1,000 NHL points. And the next season, he became the youngest Blackhawk to play in 1,000 games, but asked that the celebration of the milestone be pushed back until Blackhawks fans could be in attendance. I feel like as a hockey player, you dream of moments like this. I'm grateful to be here with my family, my teammates, and of course, the best fans in the world, you guys. For over 15 seasons, Showtime has been every night number 88 has taken the ice for the Blackhawks. He is Clark Kent and Superman all at once. That's not fair. Oh, he goes guys... left-handed and then he scores oh! from the ice. Oh! You think these guys don't have creativity? Fantastic <laughs> move by Patrick Kane. No kryptonite there. Kane was beaten. He gets it back around the check. He scores. Patrick Kane. Beat a D-man that Montoya as he was drawing a penalty, and the Hawks are in front. Kane to the other end, looking for help from DeBrinket. Kane has been around, but he scores! Oh, roll the highlight film! Patrick Kane with a spectacular Savoie Fair Spinarama. The lead cut in half. And while Blackhawks fans get used to seeing Kane wearing a different sweater, what he accomplished during his time in Chicago will never be forgotten. I said it on the pregame show, man, this guy's done a lot, you know, <laughs> like, you know, it's funny. 
you you, uh, you you try to put together highlight reels for certain people, and it's funny when like when Jalmerson and some of these guys have come back to you know have their their night honored. Did you like okay, you know you're like putting block shots down, like okay you had the big goal that was a non goal against Detroit. Like I'm not taking anything away from Jalmerson, but like the list of highlight reel things on Kane's is endless. I was like, going to say, it was almost it, too many. It, there's <laughs> almost too many. The stuff that gets left on the cutting room floor would make a hell of a nice career. <laughs> Absolutely. We were airing that, that six, what was it, six and a half minute six video? Six minutes, something like that. Yeah. On the pregame show, and then and then you kind of threw it to us. Like, what was your take? And I'm just like, man, I don't even know if I have words right now because I, I just felt like I was in the moment reliving all those those highlights in those moments. And I think for, for Patrick, for me, just Patrick Kane, I think of how clutch he was in those big moments, but yeah. also how electrifying he was a player during those moments. Like you can look at a lot of those, the 2010, uh, 2010 the game five game tying goal against Nashville, the game winner against Philadelphia, the heartbreaker Sally in 2013, um, you know, 2015 scoring the insurance goal at, against Tampa. Like all those moments are are historic but it's in between all of that are these flashy moments where like you're on the edge of your seat all the time for for a guy like Patrick Kane so um yeah it's just uh, that was that was nice to relive that video because sometimes you even forget you're like oh yeah I remember he did that that was a long time ago um great video so when it comes to processing this uh from a fan standpoint look the, the, you know, we're talking about all the highlights. There were some down spots as well. Uh, you know, off the ice, this guy went through a lot of growing pains. And, you know, that happens when you come to a city at the age of 18, 19, and you're asked to be a professional and you grow up in front of us, which he did. And, um, you know, like many of us, uh, there's probably sometimes some things that are regrettable in, in your twenties or things that you maybe did in college or post-college that, man, I'm really happy that's not on video somewhere, <laughs> or that was grabbed by somebody's phone. Um, but Patrick certainly didn't have the typical, uh, growing up situation when you're in, in the public light. And again, some of that was self-induced. I will say this, the man I've seen from 2015 until now, I've seen a lot of growth and a lot of maturity. And um, it's it, it's been really kind of fun to watch that somebody evolve. You know, we look back at, the, you know, when he's announced uh, as the number one overall pick from the London Knights, and that curly blonde hair. I mean, he is such a little, he's a kid. He is a kid. He was like 155 in that yeah. video. Yeah, and like now, and um, it, it's uh, it's been a it's been a pretty cool journey, and I'm sure every Blackhawk fan has, you know, things that little impressions or points in the 16 years that stick out to them, and some of them might be, some of the the negative stuff and some of it might be things he did on the ice and some of it maybe stuff he did off it right it, it's it's the whole package it's how you, it's really how the fan wants to remember Patrick Kane or just specifically the legacy of a player um and i think it's the and also too he was so obviously 
being really young at that age, but also having the success that early too. You know, just be winning a Stanley Cup when he was whatever. 19 20 years old in 2010 and then having more success in 2013 and 2015 you know so uh, i agree like i echo the sentiments the the man we've seen from 2015 however you want to remember him before that is totally up to you um but after that it feels like he definitely turned his life around and really um you know just having patty boy too, like pk3 like see how he's evolved as a dad as well it has been enjoyable to watch too You've had an interesting perspective because at the start of his career, you were a kid yourself. High school. And you were in high school <laughs> and you were just a fan. And then the other half of his career, you're a professional and you got to cover him. So um, what's that been like? I mean, the, you know, the, the, the family that went to Boston together to watch <laughs> the game six in 2013 to now the family that gets together and we got to start late this birthday party because Charlie's coming from the United Center <laughs> after a game. And that, that has happened a lot. Uh, I missed my, my dad's birthday actually last weekend because I was out. Sorry um, to hear that. No, it, it's all But honestly, it, it's, it's, it's crazy because I think about when Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves are both breaking into the league when I was in high school. And it was very cool because... Do you remember before the one goal it was red rising? Yeah. Okay, that was the that was the the mantra and I just remember just 88 and 19 billboards and I just remember Patrick Kane being an electrifying player. There wasn't no guarantee that he was going to stick around with Chicago that year because he was still so young and he had to have been 155 pounds. But to to see him now like how he's evolved seeing it from through the lens of a fan, but now also getting to know him behind the scenes and also how gracious he's been to, to me and just, he's always available to the media too. Like I remember there was a story, like I was hovering or hovering around the locker room and he talks every single day to the media every single day. And I was just kind of hovering around. I don't know if I needed anything specific from him, but I remember he's like, he, I looked at him, he looked at me and he was like, he's like, you need anything today? And I was like, I think I'm good. I bugged it yesterday. And he's like, all right, if he needs anything, like, let me know. Like, he was just so, you know, I'm an open book kind of guy. So um, I really appreciated that as a young, as a young reporter too. It, he was so open. If I needed something, he wasn't not, he wasn't not approachable. Right. So yeah. it's, uh, I appreciate that side of it. So I have been lucky enough to be a, a broadcaster, sports broadcaster in Chicago for almost 20 years. So when I got here in 04, hockey was dead. Um, and it was sad. It was a big part of my life. I played it as a kid. Uh, you know, I covered the Philadelphia Flyers for a few years. I covered the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, for a few years as well. Went to ESPN NHL tonight backing up Butcher Gross. When I came here, I was like, all right, you know what? And um, I was in a different role then. I was more doing like the sports center type shows that we did. But the renaissance I saw and the role that he played in it uh, was incredible. And the the uh, personal side of it, I really saw through my kids because, you know, my daughter's 19 and my son is almost 16. And so all they know about the Blackhawks is Patrick Kane. And those were the first jerseys they got. I have a picture on my phone that I just, my wife just sent me and my son is is wearing a Kane jersey at a Blackhawks convention, talking to Kane, and he barely comes up to his waist, you know. <laughs> and now he would probably look him, you know, right in the eye. And it's 
it's funny how, you know, Kane, Taves, and, and certain Blackhawks have made such a lasting impression on kids who are now, you know, in their 20s or whatever they are, in 30s and on and on. And, like, you know, weird things like daughters in college, Kaner is still a part of her password. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, at what point are you going to let yeah. I go? She's texted me today. And, again, she doesn't do that very often. <laughs> and she's like, do I need to be a Ranger fan now? And I said, I'm going to be one. Yeah. I said, I'm, you know, that's the, the you know, the, the, the sweet part of this is getting to see him back in the Stanley Cup playoffs, something that wasn't going to happen here in Chicago, certainly wasn't going to happen this year, probably isn't going to happen next year, might have happened, you know, three years down the road or however you want to look at it. Um, but we're going to get to see that. And we've been denied uh, Panarin and Kane, and that twosome was broken up. And it was always so much in this town Put anybody with Kane, he'll make them better. And that is pretty much true. He makes you better. Mm -hmm. But this time, he's going to go to New York, and he's asking for them to make him better as well. And 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 Artemi will, in all likelihood, raise Patrick's game back to that level we're accustomed to seeing. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you're going to be in Philadelphia on Wednesday covering the bread man because Patrick will make his Rangers debut on Thursday night. Yep. I, I ironically against Alex Debrinkit is uh two of his favorite line mates. Like his I mean, like his uh, his hockey BFFs, you know, it's it's this is your life. He's back reunited with Panarin and then he's got to look across and see <laughs> his other hockey BFF in, in Alex Dabrinkit. And I believe Dabrinkit's going to be here in Chicago on Monday with Ottawa, Monday okay. or Tuesday. So we're going to have, it's going to be a lot of storylines. As you were talking, I was thinking about uh, I, three different perspectives. My own perspective, knowing I knew what the dark ages were like for Chicago, but I also know what the, the dynasty era was like, right? Your kids only know the dynasty era, yeah. right? And then, well, they know, know this era a little bit. too. They know this era a little yeah. bit too. But then, and then, God willing, I have kids one day. They're not going to know. They're not going to experience. Or I have to tell them, man, this guy Patrick Kane, he was electrified. You know, like they, So it's it's weird to kind of know both sides. Okay, the dark ages, the dynasty era, and then having to pass along. And then I was also thinking too. Think about all the draft choices that in these last several drafts. Who was your favorite player growing up, Kane? I mean. It's got to be half the league. Till the 2022 draft, and again, we'll see it coming up at the end of June, uh, the all-important draft. I, again, I, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but it felt like half. Yeah, We're still saying Patrick Kane, which is crazy to me because if you went to, you know, the NFL draft or what... I, I think they'd be talking Mahomes and they'd be talking about Tyreek Hill and current players, you know, not a guy that's been in the league for 16 seasons. Right. And I and I think, too, last year when when Alex DeBrinkett got voted to the All-Star game and over Patrick Kane, I remember Trevor Zegras did an interview on NHL Network. I think it was with Jackie Redman. I cannot find this interview anywhere. And I'm, I'm really I, I'm really frustrated about it. But. Trevor Zegras, uh, uh, Zegras's favorite player growing up was obviously Patrick Kane. And Jackie had asked uh, Trevor about this. And he's like, Patrick Kane, I love you. I wish you were here. Like he was fanboying over. I mean, Trevor Zegras, like hockey's, 
next star of you know just being a must watch television even he's like fanboying over Patrick Kane it's just it's amazing that that's that legacy he he has here in, in the NHL you just made me think of something and, and we can talk to Claire and Tony I don't know if this is even possible <laughs> but I would like the fans to be able to share their favorite Kane memory whether that means we set up a certain a voicemail phone line that people call in and we record them and then we compile them together or if there's another you know an, another way technologically that we need to go about we'll work on that claire is nodding that it's possible i think it'd be cool it, I, and it, you know like i heard a couple people call on the radio like you know i got to know him in a golf event and you know there, he walked off the 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 green and there were three women there and they were like, are you Patrick Kane? And he said, no, I'm Jonathan Taves. <laughs> and he goes, have you never been to a Blackhawks game? And they're like, no, we never have. He's like, you're going to a Blackhawks game this year. Later that year, they all went to a game, had a visit into the locker room, and were instant Blackhawks fans. I I'm sure there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people across the Chicagoland area who have whether it's a personal interaction, a moment in front of the tube, something at the United Center, whatever that they would like to share. And just kind of knowing how I'm just seeing how we're talking about this. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we'll make that happen, right? I was going to say, they can they can do the podcast for us. Yeah, well, that's... I mean, we that, don't even have to the do method, anything. The madness, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so as we kind of wrap this up, uh, you've talked a, a, a little bit about some of your favorite Patrick Kane memories, and I and I pretty much echo them. I I, I think that the biggest one on the ice, there's a few. Biggest goal <laughs> is few. is easily the the game five against Nashville uh, when they're shorthanded, seconds to go, Hosa in the box. You lose that game. Uh, you go down 3-2, you're going back to Pecorine's barn, and I don't know if they get out of the first round. And then what happened in 11 and 12 and the salary cap problems, I don't wonder if that that team is blown up before it ever got going. So that's why I always picked that one, and it was just an unbelievable goal. Um, the, the heartbreak Selly overtime winner against Los Angeles in 2013 with a great setup from Johnny Taves, by mm -hmm. the way. Doesn't get enough credit for that, Apple. That was the, incredible. I mean, sliding on his e knees. And we're still seeing in the... When did... Who did we see mimic it recently? Oh, Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard. Yeah, like, but he you did. Know, here he it is, did. like, you know... <laughs> However many years later, and it's still being replicated. But it took me a minute to realize it was the heartbreaker celebration because he did it from the bottom. That's up, true. Right? Yeah, yeah, Patrick yeah. did it from the There's top. Different ways but, to make a heart. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is is the regular season game back and forth with Austin Matthews and Leafs at the United Center on that Sunday night. Um, that was just great theater. And Kaylee brought up the 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 no the no goal against Vegas. <laughs> Might be one of the coolest things I've seen uh, that reminds me of the good old days and like all part of this great send off that he got uh, over the last week plus at, at the United Center as he made this difficult decision. Yeah, and there were so many 
so many moments in the in the regular season too that just you f- you forget like the goal against Montreal where he's dancing and Pat Foley has that memorable call or the spinorama against Dallas or the spinorama against Carolina or even last year when he had that incredible setup to Alex to bring it against Arizona where he's flying through the neutral zone dances around fires it I mean special player and I feel like you've listed a ton in the playoffs and I, I could still name a few more like the game winner in overtime against St. Louis in 2016 just kind of send it back to Chicago um, you know just a just a ton of those every big moment in Blackhawks history, it feels like he was a part of either scoring the goal or assisting on it. Like yeah. it's just incredible. And one other thing, and it, it was an off ice interaction, and I I think it was 2010, but it could have been 13. Bob Cole, who's a legendary play by play man for Hockey Night in Canada, walked into the dressing room uh, morning of a game, or was in between. Uh, you know, could have been an off day in between series. And I was just a fly in the wall watching this interaction between this legend and this budding legend. And he was asking him something and Patrick said, hey, you know, thank you for what you said about me last night. My parents, because when you live in a border uh, city like Buffalo and Detroit, you get uh, Canadian stations on your cable or you can get them back in the day over the air. And um, so the Kane family was watching the the Canadian coverage and Bob Cole had said something really flattering about Kane or whatever. And he thanked him and they had this dialogue and whatever the question Cole asked him, it's just like, I see it. I see it all. The, the answer is like crystallized in my mind. And he just said, it's because I love to play hockey. It's, it's, it's what I want to do all the time. And I don't know if there are, all athletes, I know all athletes aren't that way. I think there's some that look at it as a job and, and some who are, you know, it, it's, it doesn't, it's not their, their, their end all be all love. There's one thing I do know, this guy loves to play the game. And so for him to, to continue that love affair and go somewhere where he's going to play some meaningful games is going to help me get over the breakup a little bit here, because I'll be honest, it's, it's, it's been he has been such a huge part of what I've done for the last two decades that it's going to be weird that he's not, you know, within earshot or within within reach. Right. Well, yeah, it's going to and it makes our job fun, too, with that. We can go watch a Blackhawks game knowing that no matter how no matter where the Blackhawks are in the standings, like 88 could do something special tonight. Right. Yes. And so to echo your sentiments about loving the game. Honestly, I don't think you can find an NHL player that is on the ice more than him, especially over the summer. That guy, he'll get away for maybe a week or two, but he needs to be on the ice. Like I remember talking to Jonathan Taze. This was years ago. And Johnny was like, man, I got to get as far away from the game as possible after the season because I want to come back feeling rejuvenated, but I also want to miss it, right? Patrick's off the ice for a week. I how hard do you think this past week has been too, where he's been held out for roster management reasons? I mean, yeah. he prob- he's well, he probably he's itching to play. And he, but he was at fifth third. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, I mean, all these things yeah. are going on. Sunday or Monday, he was there, and right. uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Even when he was out those three games with the hip injury, he was still on the ice. Yeah, I mean, the guy just couldn't get off, even when rest was probably uh something that he should have been doing. Well, 
anything else you want to uh, say as we kind of wrap up the uh, Patrick Kane officially has been traded to the Rangers podcast? I feel like this is one of our longer podcasts that we've done, and it's well-deserved because Patrick Kane deserves a lot of this, but I'm sure we'll be reflecting a lot on Kane, too, as the Rangers get into the playoffs and he starts giving us those showtime moments again. I will say this is my first podcast I've ever done during a Blackhawks game. That's how, <laughs> that's how important this is. So if you're watching the postgame show tonight, you're like, God, it seems like he has no clue what happened in Tempe. It's because I have zero clue. Uh, anyways, look forward to James Nouveau joining us. We'll get his thoughts on Patrick uh -huh. on the next podcast. And again, we're going to do a fan-only one coming up here uh, very soon as well. Trade deadline show Friday? Yeah. Uh, yeah, trade deadline show 5.30. 5.30, I think, yeah. NBC Sports Chicago. We'll have another podcast, I'm sure. What, what will we be talking about? All the trades have been made. But we'll uh, we'll probably talk about Patrick Kane again yeah, and, yeah. you know, the three-point performance he had in his debut for the Rangers. Yeah. Uh, have fun getting a front row seat to seeing that at Madden, the world's most famous arena. Uh, for Charlie, uh, I'm Pat. For Claire and Tony behind the scenes and James, thank you for listening and watching, and we'll catch you next time on the Blackhawks Talk Podcast.